This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, and thank you for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd with His Excellency Archbishop Alexander Sample. I'm Dina Marie, and as we are right in this time of the Advent season, Archbishop, and I know that the many people in our community have experienced or have been hearing about the healing the whole person, but I want to talk a little bit about having uh, a sense of freedom, true freedom, living in freedom, and we know that freedom comes from an encounter with Jesus Christ. So we might start with reflecting a bit on this um, this event that just happened in the Archdiocese, but how do we live it in a daily basis? And as we, we focus on that, would you please open and lead us in prayer? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, during these days of Advent, as the great feast of Christmas approaches, we come to a deeper realization of all that you have done for us in your son, Jesus, that he comes to heal a broken world. He comes to heal the wounds of our heart and to assure us of your love and mercy and to reconcile us and to bring us to the fullness of life and freedom. We ask you to be with us during this radio broadcast so that what we say and talk about here may touch the lives of many and bring them a deeper experience of the joy and the freedom that your Son brings. And all this we ask through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I do want to begin just with a little bit of reflection because I think it leads us into how do we live our daily lives in the midst of such a secular world. And we do carry brokenness in our hearts, but we have a healer, we have a redeemer, we have one who has come to save us. But as you spent these days uh, with many people throughout the Archdiocese of Portland and well beyond, Mm -hmm. the priests that came and served in many different ways, and also the the team, the the actual presenters that Mm -hmm. prepare this to touch the lives of so many, maybe some highlights of what you experienced, what you saw in those few days. Well, I think that, you know, what what I saw was the healing power of Christ at work in in an incredibly tangible way. Uh, And... You know, this is our, uh, for me, this is probably the third significant event uh, uh, that I've been a part of with the, the, the John Paul II Healing Center and the work of Dr. Bob Shooks. Dr. Bob Shooks, who, who founded the John Paul II Healing Center, I believe truly is an anointed man in the church today. He's a Catholic uh, psychologist, but a deeply and profoundly spiritual man. I mean, actually, over these last two and a half years or so, 
Dr. Bob and I have gotten to be very close friends. And I first experienced the healing ministry of, of Dr. Bob and his team during a retreat, the very first retreat that, that he did for bishops uh, two and a half years ago. I think we may have even talked about that on a broadcast. I'm not sure. And then we brought Dr. Bob and Sister Miriam, who works with him, in to, to have our priest convocation two years ago. And so they led our priest convocation, a very powerful experience for our priests there. And this was a way of, of now sharing this healing ministry with as many people as I could in the archdiocese. So we brought them in for this, uh, this retreat, uh, Healing the Whole Person, and it was an incredible event. I think, I, I know I can be a little bit dramatic sometimes, <laughs> but I think this is a, a, one of those moments, a watershed moment, a game changer, if you will, uh, a transformative moment for the church here in, in Western Oregon. And we, we had there, we held it at Our Lady of Levang Parish. We're so grateful to the folks there for, for uh, their hospitality. But in, on site, we had over 1,300 people participating, which is like incredible. Plus, we had satellite locations mm-hmm. throughout the archdiocese, and people were able to sign on to the retreat uh, over the internet as well and participate virtually, which isn't quite the same experience. But I, I talked to uh, one young man that uh, I, I have gotten to know that was participating all the way from New York City mm. and uh, had had a, a very beautiful experience himself uh, during during the time. So I, I guess what what happened there is is we encountered the healing power of Christ in our lives, and. He comes to heal us in so many levels, and I think that, you know, we often just think of Jesus coming to, to forgive us our sins and reconcile us to the Father, which, of course, is, is the heart of his mission. Certainly, that's what he came to do. But the Lord desires for us a much deeper healing, um, a, a healing of those lies that that we've bought into over, over the years based on identity wounds sometimes and, and just the wounds that we receive in life. We get battered around a lot in life. And from our earliest childhood, and that's been kind of a, a, a real eye-opener for me, is how even the experiences of our, of our earliest childhood can have profound and lasting effects on our lives. But then the various ways that we experience traumas in our life, uh, and, and by trauma, I don't mean something like a dramatic event that happens in one moment that traumatizes us. I mean, sometimes trauma can happen over, over a period of years uh, in, in, in different ways. And so these things leave us wounded, you know, and, and trapped in, in lies that we believe about ourselves, uh, lies that we believe about God, uh, lies about our, our, our worth in the eyes of God. And then we begin to act out of that. And, and so the Lord wants to get right down into the nitty-gritty of our lives. I mean, he's that interested in us. And he, he wants to heal us in, in, a, in a deeper way. You know, one of, uh, one of the images that uh, the John Paul II Healing Ministry uses is, is an image of the Good Samaritan. Uh, the, the, the Good Samaritan is a Christ figure ministering to the man on the side of the road who's been robbed and beaten. And what's particular to me, I can, I can visualize it in my head now, is, is the Good Samaritan, this Christ figure in the image, is attending to just one wound mm. on this man. And his attention is completely fixed on just this one wound that the Samaritan wishes to relieve. And as a Christ image, to me, it's like, yes, Jesus sees that wound that is in us, whatever it might be, a deprivation of love, a traumatic event that happened in our life where, where we, uh, you know, we're, we're deeply wounded. Jesus wants to touch us in that one wound, that one place, that particular place. It's personal to us. That, that, that he wishes to, 
to bring his healing, love, and mercy to. And that's what I saw there uh, at this event. I just saw so many people transform, so many people having powerful experiences in prayer, in in uh, in their own meditation in prayer, and in, in prayer with others. I experienced myself some profound moments of grace that, that that perhaps I could share. But it was it was a wonderful, wonderful experience of God's love and mercy being poured out on us through the instrumentality of this beautiful ministry, which I think is an anointed ministry in the church today. And Dr. Bob, Sister Miriam, Kim, uh, and and the team there uh, was, were just amazing. Yeah. And I just wonder, from your perspective, Archbishop, as you're you're observing, you're seeing, you know, some fruit of much prayer, of much, you know, longing and preparing for this to happen for this community of people, for the priests and for so many people, but also that you want to have an encounter as well as seeing this happen with your flock. Uh, what were some of those special graces that you received for yeah, yourself? Yeah, you know, a, a number of people said to me, and I, I, I think uh, <laughs> I think some people expected that I was going to do the typical sometimes things that bishops do, pop in at the beginning, say hi, welcome everybody, and then sort of disappear, and then maybe show up again for a mass later, and then maybe at the end to, to wrap things up and, and, and conclude. I think some people were very surprised to see me actually uh, participate in the retreat myself and, and stay with the people the entire time, all the, the, the period of time that we were together with the ministry. And so that, that in and of itself was a bonding moment, I think, for me and, and especially uh, my own people here in the Archdiocese of Portland. And for me, you know, I, I've shared many times uh, in different forums you know, my, my, I have a, I have my wound, if you want to call it that. I have a deep, deep father wound, quite honestly, and I won't go into all the detail of that. But it's 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 sort of handicapped me uh, throughout much of my life in my own ability to live as a spiritual father to others, to the priests, to the people entrusted to my care, because of this deep wound that I have with regard to fatherhood, and sort of not knowing and being confident in and 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 secure in that role as a spiritual father. So I experienced further healing on this retreat in, in my own uh, sort of burgeoning uh, or emerging fatherhood. And I can tell you, I just I share with you and I shared with the folks there, I had a profound moment uh, Saturday morning at, at, at Mass. And I'd come to start the day off with the offering of Holy Mass. And as I was distributing, in the middle of distributing Holy Communion, I was suddenly overcome with this profound sense that here I am, as the shepherd and spiritual father of these good people, feeding them, nourishing them with the Eucharist, nourishing them with the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, that they were coming to me. Obviously, others were distributing Holy Communion to other priests, but but I had this profound personal sense of, here I am, the spiritual father of my beautiful sons and daughters in Christ, nourishing them, feeding them like a like a like a parent does. With, with with the body and blood of, of Jesus. And then after communion, when I sat down and, and took a long time for <laughs> others to finish distributing communion and for the altar to be cleared and set up and everything, I just I sat there in the presider's chair just overwhelmed with emotion, love. I, 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 I Just a deeper, I mean, I love, I've always loved the people that are entrusted to my care, but it, it, it took on a deeper dimension and, and, and I felt it. I, I felt it on an emotional level that actually brought tears to my eyes just to realize how blessed I was to be the spiritual father of these good people and that I've been in this privileged place to be able to to try to be a bridge for them, to, to lead them to God and to the healing that Christ brings. So for me, it was a, a real strengthening 
in my spiritual role as as a shepherd and spiritual father to, to the flock here in Western Oregon. And then others told me later that they were having a similar experience from the other side. They were having an experience of my fatherhood. And I even had some people tell me, we, were, we prayed for you uh, that something would happen to you, even during this Mass. And so I, I believe that this was not just some sort of an emotional response, because it came out of nowhere. I mean, I was mm-hmm. doing what I normally do. I'm distributing Holy Communion, and quite honestly... <laughs> Most of the time that a priest is distributing Holy Communion, he's worried about not dropping the host, and he's just making sure that you know this goes smoothly. You're not you're not necessarily thinking real deeply, quite honestly. You're thinking kind of practically, and then this just sort of came over me in, a, in yeah. an unexpected way, which I, I believe was just the, the the Lord, the Father of, of us all, just reaching out to me and just just and, and the, the whole conference started off for me. The very opening songs when we were singing at the very beginning of the conference, I just had the sense the Father was saying to me, "These are my beloved sons and daughters. I love them, and I've entrusted them to mm-hmm. your care, and I want you to love them." And I, I know that sounds maybe a little. Uh, pietistic, but uh, it was real. It wasn't. It wasn't just a, a, a nice sentiment that I was feeling. I, I, I felt that the Lord was really speaking profoundly to me, and yeah. that's just me. And there were people that were having even much more profound and, and deeper experiences of healing and grace uh, during this time. Yeah, and I think just each and every one of us has that has that relationship with the Lord, but. There is something special about being in that community. When we come to Mass, we're coming in this larger community. It's just not Jesus and me, but there is Mm -hmm. the power in the family, in the community, Mm -hmm. and in those relationships. And if we're parents in a household, we have that responsibility, just as you do with the flock of us, Mm -hmm. that we care for those, those children, and I need to nourish them with love and with the their faith, and and we we present that, and so whether or not we attended the yeah. event, we're part of this larger family. Right. We have a relationship and a, a responsibility to care for one another. Exactly, and I, you know, and, uh, events like this and experiences like this are unique, and they're wonderful. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad that that so many people were able to participate. But I wouldn't want to leave anybody with the impression that you need to come to an event like this in order to experience the healing power yeah. of the Lord Jesus in your life. You know, this isn't a episodic sort of thing that. It just happens when you when you go to a conference. These things are wonderful because mm-hmm. it does call people together. I mean, we had people at this conference, not just from the Archdiocese of Portland. We had people from the state of Washington. We had people from all over the West. We had I prayed with some people from California. There was a seminarian there from from Illinois, uh, and who came for this conference. So people were from all over. So these are wonderful experiences. But uh, please, folks, don't mm-hmm. don't think that the Lord Jesus has healing and grace for you. Uh, uh, and you're only going to receive that if, if you ever get to a conference or not. He has that for you now. And we can experience the healing power of his mercy and love in our life now in wherever we are. But especially, as you say, Dina Marie, we do have a community. Yeah. And I, the Lord, the, the fact is the Lord uses other people to reach us. He uses other people to, uh, to be his instruments of healing. And that's what we experience in the community of the parish under the spiritual fatherhood of our pastor, and uh, we can we can we can experience this together with one another in the family, as you say. So I, I think I think this is something that God is just doing in the church today. You know, I'm quite honestly, if you told me ten years ago I'd be talking about healing <laughs> ministry and and the healing power of Christ in our lives and to bind up the wounds uh, of our of our hurts uh, that we've experienced in life, and especially those childhood wounds that that leave us with all kinds of of, of lies that we believe about ourselves. Um, I would have told you you're, you're crazy. You know, I'm not going to be into this kind of stuff. 
But I really have come to believe this is this is a work of God in the church today in a world that is hurting so badly and so many people are suffering and so many people are wounded and they're unhappy and they're miserable and they act out in ways that they don't want to act out and yet they don't understand why they do. They don't know how to stop themselves. They don't know how to stop feeling the way they're feeling. They don't know how to stop having these uh, dark thoughts even about themselves. And, 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 and Christ does not want us to live in that prison. We're enslaved by the enemy of us all who wants to... to he, see, this is the thing that the enemy and, and his demons, they attach to these wounds and they use them to, to discourage us, to confuse us, to, to create anxiety and fear in us. And the Lord Jesus wants to, to heal us from all of that and free us, freedom. Uh, and that's, that's, I guess... That's what I've kind of come to experience in my own life. I mean, I've been at this kind of this journey for a few years now. It's had its high points and, and peak moments, and this this retreat recently was one of them. But I'm enjoying just a greater freedom in my own life, a greater joy, a greater peace. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't mean that everything is perfect. Uh, you know, we we still have to you know carry the cross. Uh, and uh, Jesus tells us that if you want to be you know, my disciple, you got to take up your cross every day, deny yourself, and follow me. So it isn't it isn't that all the struggles and the, and the problems simply go away, but it gives us a new way of entering into those things and and facing those things and and getting through those things without um, you know becoming discouraged and, and and afraid and and filled with anxiety and and doubt and fear. Um, you know, the Lord doesn't want us to do that. And we're always going to be a work in progress. So, you know, I, I just want to assure everybody out there who's listening to me right now as I talk about this ongoing healing that I'm experiencing in my own life, especially this this growing into my own spiritual fatherhood, I'm not going to be perfect. Right. And, you know, I've still got a lot of growth yet for me to to attain, I'm sure. And, you know, uh, you know so uh, there are going to be times where I'm going to probably disappoint uh, and just like any father of any family or any mother of any family sometimes disappoints their children, doesn't, doesn't do it right, if you will, or, or doesn't, doesn't love in the right way. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't expect you know, me to be suddenly uh, the perfect image of the Heavenly Father, <laughs> but I hope that I will be a better image of the love of the Heavenly Father, and I hope all of us can, can be a better reflection of God's love to each other. You know, one of my favorite lines... And I and I, I I think I use this at the end of the conference. And when I was in my homily at my last at the homily I gave at the Saturday evening mass. I quoted Saint John Paul II, who for whom this healing ministry is named after. And and he said to the young people, the youth uh, of the world, at World Youth Day in two thousand two, in Toronto, he said, uh, "We are not the sum of our weaknesses and our failures. Rather, we are the sum of the Father's love for us." and the real capacity that we have to become the image of his son. So this is, this is, this is what I want people to hear and to know. Because mm-hmm. we get so wrapped up and so discouraged by our sins and our weaknesses and our failures, and we, we just beat up on ourselves. God doesn't want us in that place. We are not the sum of our sins and our failures and our weaknesses. We're the sum of the Father's love for us, and he wants us to have this freedom. That's why he sent his son we don't have to carry the burden of our sin. Uh, yes, uh, we need to repent and be sorrowful for our sin, but uh, you know, Jesus comes to free us and heal us in in all these different ways. You know, Benedict XVI once said that, you know, all the, uh, uh, the, the ministry of Jesus ultimately is a ministry of healing. 
And uh, I, I think we need to we embrace that. And, and I think it, I think it can transform lives. I think it can transform families. I can transform marriages. It can transform our parishes. It can transform this local church in Western Oregon. It can transform the world if we'll allow the healing power of Christ to to really be unleashed in the church through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right, right. And as you share that, Archbishop, we do sometimes play over and over in our head the wrong, the mistake, when I messed up mm-hmm. here. Even when we confess it in, mm-hmm. in a good confession, mm-hmm. we we get that grace that comes to mm-hmm. us in the sacrament, and then all of a sudden we go back to mm-hmm. the old tape that's playing in mm-hmm. our head. How come I can't be more like that? Or how come I didn't do this? Mm-hmm. Or what have you? And so those little things, the training tools on the John Paul II Healing Center website, it says teaching healing, equipping. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a way that we can continue to to equip ourselves so that we can turn off that tape, but turn on a yeah. new one. Yeah. You know, this, and this is what, this is what it's done for me, quite honestly. And, you know, when I, when I find myself have, starting to have uh, darker thoughts for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they come in the form of temptation even. You know, I can now I can I, I'm better at saying, oh, OK, here comes this temptation again. I know where this is coming from. I know what this is rooted in. I know what wound this is rooted in. I know why I'm feeling this right now. And now I, I can I understand now, OK, how I can face this and deal with this. Or if I find myself having certain uh, a certain feeling toward another person, whatever that could be, it could be uh, anger, it could be envy. Uh, you know, it could be a, a disgust, whatever, whatever it might be, uh, in the actions of another person. Now I can say, you know, I don't, and I don't like having those feelings about other people. I don't. They're 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 they're, they're awful feelings to have. Well, now I can I can look at it and say, okay, yeah, I see. I know I'm feeling this way right now. I know why what that person said or did has sort of triggered this this mm-hmm. response in me. Right, that that want, makes me want to think a certain way, or feel a certain way, or say a, something in a certain way. Okay, now I understand it, and I can I can I can deal with this in a new way, and I can offer this in prayer. And Jesus, okay, here it comes again, Lord. Now this is this is taking me, you know, to that to that place. Please, Jesus, you know, continue to heal this place in me, and help me to love with the love that you have for myself and for this, for this other person that, that now is in, in, in my life. So I think this is how it can transform us in our daily living. It, it, it creates a whole new awareness in us of, of ourselves. It's, it's sort of like a, a self-awareness, a, a, a self-knowledge, mm-hmm. an honesty with ourselves before the Lord, not in shame, but in, in, in the love and mercy of God for us. And this is one, one of Bob's Shuk's uh, uh, lines that I love is, shame uh, fuels mm. uh, the addiction, if you will. You know, so in the addiction, it could be you know, not specifically an addictive to a substance or, or a sexual addiction or anything like that. But you know, the, 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 maybe just the patterns of thought and behavior in our right. life that are not healthy, that are rooted in this, in this, in this woundedness in us, you know, that the shame of that fuels the, the behavior. And it's only when we can break out of the shame. Now, there's a certain good sense of of of, of guilt uh, for for when we fail and when we sin, but when it becomes unhealthy and we dwell on it and we we think we're lost in that and there's no hope for us and that we're just messed up and that we're broken and you know we're not fixable and you know whatever it might be, 
uh, that's Jesus doesn't want us in that place. The enemy wants us in that place. Mm-hmm. The enemy wants us to keep us, wants to keep us from the healing power of Christ. Uh, and so he wants to keep us in that place of shame and doubt and fear and anxiety and, and darkness. Jesus wants to bring it out into the light yeah. and heal us. And, and so this just growing self-awareness, self-knowledge uh, of where those wounds are and asking Jesus to continue to come in and heal them. I mean, I I just really, I, I just think my own wounds were healed in a deeper level during this recent conference. And I'm sure there's more healing yet to come for yes. me. And that's exciting for me because I just, as I continue to enjoy more and more freedom, more and more joy in my life, more and more peace in my life as this healing process goes on in me and there's more to come, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It really is exciting. And I think what's exciting too with that Archbishop is that your transformation touches other Mm -hmm. lives. You in particular as a bishop, you have that influence, but each and every one of us, when we have that little transformational moment, we affect that next person, our spouse, our children, that the Lord uses, as you said. He uses our transformation. This is incredibly important. One of our priests said to me in 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 the context of this retreat, and I had never thought of this, he said, if you as the shepherd, as the successor to the apostles, if you are undergoing this transformation in Christ and this healing in Christ, mm-hmm. you, the grace of that is flowing out from you mm-hmm. to all the flock entrusted to your care. And that's what I'm beginning to see is mm-hmm. that uh, sort of being vulnerable myself and taking the leadership in, in, in this openness about the healing that I need is impacting others. But as you say, Dina Marie, this can happen uh, parents in their family, yeah. uh, spouses in their marriage, in, in the workplace, in our in our larger families, in our communities, we 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 share and radiate the healing that that Christ has brought to us, uh, and that, that's why He came in yeah. the first place. Amen. It's an exciting time in the church as we enter a new year. Continue to pray for our priests, all of the people of the church, and pray for our bishops. We pray for you, Archbishop, <laughs> as you Thanks. continue to follow the instruction of the Lord. And with that, would you please yes. help us close with your blessing? May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families, all of your loved ones, bring you healing and peace, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And as always, want to thank you for joining us on this edition of The Voice of the Shepherd. We'll invite you to join us again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.